Here we go. Episode 24 of the Hardline Sports Talk. John Michael Masiri, Michael Merlo here with you. JM, how are you doing today? Doing great. Looking forward to talking some sports. Hell yeah, lots to get to. Obviously, the All-Star break has concluded. The Yankees were supposed to play the Red Sox tonight, the only game on the schedule. But they have some issues. We're going to get to that right after I just go through the rundown, if you don't mind. We got a voicemail that we have in a little bit. We want to talk some NBA Finals and maybe even some football. Yeah, why not? And our segment tonight, uh, three most disappointing players we're predicting in the second half of the baseball season and three guys we predict to break out have even better first halves than they were having. Second halves than they were having in the first yeah. half. There we go. Fixed it. Way to so figure it out. That's, that's fun. But let's start there with right there with the Yankees. They had a COVID-19 outbreak. Six guys are in COVID protocol, one of them being Aaron Judge. And they were supposed to start a four-game set with the Boston Red Sox in Yankee Stadium. But they will not do that. Nobody knows what the scheduling will be. Aaron Boone had an interview today. Brian Cashman, same thing. They don't know when they are going to play next. But the Yankees had a tough schedule coming up. They had this four-game set at home with the Red Sox. They had two then next week at home against the Phillies. And then they were going to Boston to play four next weekend. And then they were going straight to Tampa Bay. So this is not good timing at all for this team. No, not all, not at all. And now they're probably going to have to play a bunch of games in a short amount of time, which, like you said, isn't good considering the tough, uh, you know, the importantness of this uh, next couple of weeks. And they really need to figure out what kind of team they are because the trade deadline is coming up. We're two weeks away exactly from today. Um, and... Yeah, you're right. Not good. The Yankees, listen, we're hoping to have a better second half. This obviously isn't a great start to it, but the team has no control over this. This isn't a performance thing. It's just a, a luck thing. So hopefully uh, this bad luck goes away and this team can turn it around soon. But, yeah, you're right. This is causing uh, – I would like to know where it stems from. You know, I heard I think it was Loisica. Yeah, it, it happened from Houston or even before that. Loisica got in and then passed it on. But it's uh, – it's crazy to think that we're still having problems like this. We would have thought, you know, with the vaccines and everything, that this would have uh, not been an issue anymore, but clearly it, it still is. The Yankees are, they reached the 85% mark of vaccinated uh, first-tier guys. So that's, you know, players, coaches, and whoever else mm -hmm. they consider first-tier. They were at 85%. They did get the Johnson & Johnson vaccine. So, listen, hopefully the vaccine does its job and hopefully nobody gets sick. But for the Yankees now... They're going to be without some key guys. Gio Urshela, Kyle Gashioka, like we said, Aaron Judge. Uh, who else was there? Uh, Cortez. Uh, Peralta. Peralta. Yeah. And there was somebody else. Oh, and Loisica. So it's six guys, yeah. you know, guys that you're using a lot, not there in this tough stretch. It's not going to be good. You know, the Yankees, we were talking about before, they were going to figure out what kind of team this was. They were going to figure out whether or not Cashman should go and do what he has to do at the deadline right. with these next this next week and a half, really. Because July 30th is, what, what is today, the 15th? Yeah. So the 15th, 16th. So you're two weeks away from that yep. tomorrow on Friday. And this, is, this isn't this is good because if the Yankees do have a bad – I don't even know when they're going to play. Right. I mean, I don't even know if they're going to play this weekend. So if they have a bad week next week, you're and again, like you said, there's nothing they can do. They can't really control this. Mm -hmm. What does Cashman do? 
And does, for, does he go for it? And for a team that is looking to have a good second half, let's say, worst case scenario, this whole series gets postponed somehow. Now you're the whole rest of your second half, you just lost four off days or maybe two off days if they, you know, squeeze double headers, which I'm sure that's what they will do. But you want as you want to keep keep your team as fresh as you can in, in such an important time in the season, especially when you're battling for a playoff spot. And obviously now they're not gonna be able to do that as effectively. It depends what happens now. Are they gonna be playing, you know, Friday? Who knows? Um, honestly, the way it looks right now, I would say no, but it depends how the MLB wants to handle this. You know, if everybody tests negative tomorrow besides Urshela and the, the five other players, um, then I don't see a problem with them playing tomorrow. But then again, you still need to be careful. False positives, false negatives, whatever, you know, you have going on. Some guys will test negative and then two days later, the virus shows up in their system and they're positive. So... It's going gonna, it's gonna to be a weird next couple of days. I don't know what's going to happen. We kind of saw this with the Mets in the beginning of the season. They got an entire series canceled against the Nationals because the Nationals had COVID issues. I hope it doesn't get to that point for the Yankees. It might. It's definitely possible. But just the whole situation is just not good for the MLB, for the Yankees, for everybody. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully they figure it out. Hopefully they play as many games as they possibly can. I doubt they'll play tomorrow. And this team can't afford to lose Aaron Judge for a week or two. You know? Yeah. You, you in can't... the next 10 games. Yeah. Let's say it's 10 games from this point. Mm-hmm. And let's say you were going to play them. That's the Phillies, the the, the Red Sox, Sox twice, and the yeah. Rays. So, yeah, that's, that's really not good. Hopefully, I mean, listen, maybe it was a false positive. They said that the Glaber-Torres issue was all stemmed from a false positive. Right. Torres was not positive. So, listen... That's not the case here, but hopefully the Yankees can tread water until they come back, make it interesting. I Now, do we know if this was a f- rapid test or was it a PCR one? I have no clue. I'm going to guess if it's rapid. A, if it's a PCR and it came up today, then that means he tested a couple of days ago. If it's a rapid one, he got tested this morning or whatever. Yeah. Aaron Judge. I mean, the chances are that everybody came up positive. Right. I don't want to talk about COVID. Yeah. I really don't. So <laughs> yeah. I can't, I'm I vaccinated. I've had I'm this done. conversation a million times. Yeah, I'm done. I'm vaccinated. I'm yeah. done. 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 Let's talk. Um, uh, where, where do we want to go here? We're gonna we're gonna talk some deadline in a little bit. Uh, the MLB ratings were very good over the weekend. Yeah. Very very good. Not That's the weekend. Over the week. Over the week. Yeah. Uh, they the they, had, they had about seven million people uh, watch the home run derby on Monday, and then eight point two. Watch the All Star game on Tuesday. I'm surprised the All Star game and the Home Run Derby don't like. I'm surprised the Home Run Derby doesn't get as much viewership as the All Star really? game because I know a lot of people that like the Derby more than the All Star game. Yes, but I guess the, the All Star game is just more known. The casuals know? will watch yeah. the Home Run Derby more than the All Star game. I love the All Star game. I've said that multiple times though. Right. Uh, just for comparison, the NBA Finals Game Three or Game Four, one of them. I I want to say Game Four, but I also want to say Game Three. I heard Sorry. it today. What? what? Oh, game four. Yeah, I think it, it was, was game, game four. four. The All-Star game had 8.2 million, and the NBA Finals game four had only one one more million mm-hmm. people watch it. So, so that puts it into perspective there. A big-time game four in the championship, you know, championship round of the NBA, which is blown up, you know, didn't really kill Major League Baseball's All-Star game in a game no. that means absolutely nothing. Now, if it's, you know... Cavs Warriors, are we talking a different story? Yes. Yeah. But 
the MLB will take it as a win. Still, they'll write it yeah, down. And they'll say NBA Finals was this much more. Eight point two million is a lot of people to watch an All Star game. No, that was. I mean, it's a meaningless game. I think when people talk about how baseball is in jeopardy and the, you know the popularity and everything like that, I think it is a little overblown. I think the game itself is in good shape. Yes. The, the people are going to watch baseball. I think the problems are maybe the future or just the way things are handled. We know Rob Manfred. Everybody knows me and you have a problem with them, and a lot of people do the way he's handled a lot of different issues. Um, and also the player marketing side. Yes. I think the player marketing side is weak. I think they're trying to figure it out. They're really hyping up Tatis and Otani, um, which is good for the game. Well, if you can't hype up guys like Otani, Tatis, yeah. Vlad Jr., yeah. Ronald Acuna, Juan Soto, right. you have one of the best pitchers you may ever see, Jacob DeGrom, yeah. pitching of Garrett Cole. Mm-hmm. If you can't market these guys and make this game big and, and make people say, you know what, I want to go watch this guy, I want right. to go watch them play, or I want to turn on the TV when they play, right. then you have a real issue. True. You, you should true. step down. Yeah, But I think the game overall, I think, is in, you know, baseball still – a very popular sport, obviously. People are still playing it and everything. But, um, yeah, I think that's very impressive that they pulled these numbers. And uh, hopefully, like we said, they need to – I think the the biggest problem with baseball in general is the player marketing side, like I said, and social media. I think it's a little – you have NFL, you got NFL Red Zone and stuff like that, and it's very easy to find clips in an instant of a highlight play or whatever on Twitter, on Instagram, whatever. I find it harder with the MLB for that stuff. The blackouts are a problem. Yes. Which I understand wanting to keep the local networks in it, and that helps, you know, contracts go, and everything like that. But when you go on to MLB TV, you have that option. Right. So it's not like you're completely killing them. It's yeah. not like you're taking them to a completely different I agree. you know broadcast team. I don't see what the exactly. I don't see what the difference is if um uh, I live in Atlanta and I'm watching Yankees Rays versus on on MLB TV via the Yes Network versus if I live on Long Island and I'm watching Yankees Rays. Mm. Either way I'm watching Yankees Rays. I understand I'm tur- I'm turning on Yes to watch it, but you're still getting the main source of video. MLB TV is paying Yes to broadcast their video. I don't know the exact terms of the contract and how that works, yeah, but, but I would imagine York. that they are. I wouldn't imagine that Yes is paying MLB TV. That wouldn't make any sense. No. they they got to figure out a way where, and I mean, it ha- yeah, it has to be with the TV because I guess, I, I think it's cable. I think it would be more cable because yeah. some people do have just cable to watch their sports. Right. Maybe just to watch the Yankees. You'd be shocked with how many people, right. you know, have gone away from cable mm-hmm. TV. I always think about that too with um, – like the NFL and stuff like that. Like when I watch a Jet game on CBS, it's always Iron Eagle or whoever's announcing yeah. the game. Like I always think, like, oh, isn't it weird that like you know the Yankees have their own personal network and broadcast team and yeah. everything? Like, and you just don't get that in other sports. It is a unique thing, and you get it in basketball too. Yeah, I th- I think it it's good and bad. It's good because you know the Yankees make a lot of money. They their value goes up because they own yes and everything like that. But at the same time, like we said, these blackouts, just take away the blackouts. The blackouts are a problem. I shouldn't have to, if I'm out and about and I'm on MLB TV, I want to watch the Yankee game, I shouldn't be like, oh, I got to get the Yes app and this and that. Like, MLB TV should just be the way to go. Baseball is my favorite sport. And I think a lot of people, especially lately, have complained about the sport. And there are major complaints. Yes. Like, I think a big major complaint, like you just said, the way they market the players, they need to be better. The blackout restrictions are terrible. They need to get rid of them. 
I think, you know, these rules with, you know, the runner on second and the extra innings, which is hopefully gone, like Rob Manfred had said during the week, and the same thing with the seven-inning doubleheaders. He also said that one will be gone. Th- that's Those have to be gone. Right. I have a problem with Ron, Rob Manfred and what he did in the past, but at the same time, I think the game is imperfect. It's an imperfect game, yeah. and I love it. But if those things are changed, I- I'm okay. I-, I will really be happy with the state of baseball. I agree. You're never going to – nothing's ever going to be perfect. Can we talk about – and we, didn't, oh, and talk, replay, we didn't talk about it um, in the last episode – how atrocious that home run derby broadcast was. I mean, yeah. that was awful. I was watching the highlights this morning of, uh, I was just bored watching when Judge was in the derby. And, you know, he would hit a home run, and then in the top right corner it would say home run, and then a couple seconds later the distance would pop up, and then it would go back to whatever it was shot. I don't think I saw one distance, you know, I saw a couple of distances in this year's derby, and the camera angles were terrible. I actually saw they were trying, I think the way they had it, and I think they just abandoned it, ESPN, was when they would hit a home run, there would be like a little pinpoint that popped up. And then in like pink, it would say the distance. But they were changing cameras so quickly, and the next pitch was coming so quickly, they didn't even have time to make it pop up and put it on the screen like that. But then they wouldn't put it anywhere else on the screen, so I wouldn't have any idea how far these home runs would go. Well, it was, it's diff- it, listen, it's not easy. No, it's not easy because but it's, it's been so, done before. And it's it was... so rapid fire. I think there's a quick fix. You have in one smaller box, maybe a quarter or yeah. a little more than that, of the guy swinging the bat in the pitch, and then the big box is the ball. You see the ball travel. Yeah, it fall. You go it goes out of the park, and you see the distance, and then just that's it. Right. You don't have to keep flipping the camera and give me a headache right. while I'm watching. Yeah, right. It was not good. You're right. It really wasn't done well at all. It was not. And the ca- you know, the cameras were late. Especially you're playing a course field. All they were talking about pregame was how many f- dis- how much distance is getting yeah. added because of the elevation and the humidity and everything else. And you know, we're talking about oh, our guy, how many 515 foot home runs are we going to see or 520 whatever and we couldn't tell. Yeah, the um, What's hopefully. the first thing that happens when you see a guy hit an absolute bomb? How far did that You say, go? how far did that go? And we didn't Vladdy, see it at all. Vladdy hit a bomb in the All-Star game. We knew exactly I, how yeah, far it went. First thing I thought was, how far did that go? And when we the, found out. When the Metro Yankees hit a home run, mm-hmm. even Fox and, and yeah. ESPN do it, in a regular game, the, you know, right when he crosses home plate, you get the distance. Yep. You get how fast it went. Yep. So, yeah, you're 100% right. They should have had that, and they, they have had it in the past, which is um, crazy that they didn't have it. But... Yeah, those are the problems with uh, the game of baseball. Yeah. We just fixed it right. for them. There you go. They could they could pay us to do it yeah. at this point. Just got an update on my phone from John Heyman. Okay. John Heyman will like John you know, Heyman's the worst person. I love John Heyman, I can't but like he John tweets Heyman. like he'll tweet like random things. He just tweets like an idiot. I yeah. always reply to him like thanks, John. Like I I need to know that. Right? Well, <laughs> this might be a thanks, John. Okay. Uh, the Mets are very interested in. No, it didn't say very. It said interested in. Chris Bryant because of how he fits and his versatility. Okay, well, that's like a useful tweet. You He'll so? tweet, I thought you were going to say this would be a John Heyman tweet. The Mets are very good at baseball. That That's the tweet. That's what John Heyman tweets. Or, or the, the thanks, Mets, John. Or the Mets will be buyers at the deadline. Yeah, oh, that, thanks, yeah. John. Yeah. 
The Mets are going to play baseball this week. Oh, thanks, John. Hey, don't don't jinx anything, please, God. <laughs> yeah, I think there's rain in the forecast for Pittsburgh tomorrow night. Oh, yeah, just another one. That that's Is there what COVID we need. in the forecast. Uh, please don't say that because the Mets aren't at 85 percent yet. <laughs> uh, let's let's talk about the Mets very quickly. They're going to open up in Pittsburgh this weekend. If we were not going away next week, I would be there. I would seriously be there. I want to go so badly to PNC Park. It is a beautiful park. You've been there? No, oh. but I've heard great things, and yeah. I've also seen it. So have I, yeah. It looks beautiful. Yeah. It Everything I've heard, it's one of the nicest ballparks in the league. They'll be there over the weekend. They're going to get J.D. Davis back on Friday. Hey, there you go. J.D. Davis has not played J.D. might be packing May. his bags soon. J.D. could be packing his bags. That's a guy I could see. We were talking about it again before, how if there was a major league type you know, when you when you go for trade, usually teams want a major league ready player or major league yeah. talented guy mm-hmm. back in the trade, and he would be that guy yep. most likely. He you would say be a Dom guy Smith, in a Chris Bryant trade or something that would you could you know put right in there and, and replace Bryant. Exactly, it just would suck for Jonathan VR. Why? He's not going to play. Okay, it's it's Jonathan VR. Actually, he would play if Conforto keeps stinking up the place. A guy like him, right. he's a super utility guy in the infield. He'll end up he, playing he'll, like they'll three times a week. Guy needs a day off. If he was on the Yankees, he'd be playing every freaking day because well, everybody a, needs a day well, off. Well, he's a lefty, so that yeah. would really help. Um, yeah, so the Mets will get J.D. Davis back Friday. They'll get Carlos Carrasco back. He just pitched a rehab assignment, two innings, one hit. Two strikeouts, um, fastball up to 94. He could be back by the end of the month, which is huge. They should still go at a starter. Mm-hmm. I don't trust Stroman. I think Walker's good, but I don't think he's number two good. Right. And obviously DeGrom. And Car- listen, Carrasco's going to come back, but he hasn't pitched in a while. Right. I still don't think you need to add a What do you mean by add a starter? What do you want? Do you want a depth okay. guy or do you okay. want a top of the rotation guy? I would love if they traded for Jose Barrios. Okay. One of the reasons why is because it's control for next year, and I love him as my number two for next year. Right. But realistically, I think that – they should go add like a three or four starter. Right. Now, this all depends on what's going on with Syndergaard, too. If Syndergaard's not coming back, then I think they're more prone to make a trade. But if Syndergaard's coming back and then you got Carrasco coming, coming up, you got a five man rotation right there. He's not coming. If he comes back, he's not going to be a starter. Okay. He's going to be out of the bullpen. Just because. He's in trouble for this offseason. So no. he's, he's, he's going to be a free agent. Well, he's just take a five million dollar, take a couple million dollars for yeah, the Mets. He'll, he'll be one of those one year deal guys, you know. The Mets aren't going to offer the qualifying offer. <laughs> right. Definitely take, not. take a few million from the Mets and try and prove yourself next season. I, I think his agent's Boris. I don't know, though. Still, Boris, it seems like Boris represents everybody. Who does Boris? Re- oh, Boris represents Kumar Rocker, the Mets' uh, first-round pick. Already? Yeah. Jesus. And did you the, see what the Mets are going to sign him for? <laughs> what? You know, you're the second guy and Yankee fan to say that to me. <laughs> That's what they said. Somebody said relief report. pitcher. They said built for a long reliever role. Who said that? I don't know. I've just seen scouting reports and stuff like that. I, I've seen differently. I've also <laughs> seen he could literally be called up this year. So have I. Yeah. Like, that, it's so, that it's would so be nuts. weird. That doesn't happen a lot. It's happened before, but it doesn't happen a lot. I would. And it seems like it happens more with pitchers than hitters. They should not do that. They no. should throw him. You know what they should do? With the miles that are on his arm from pitching in college, they should, they should sit him until, you know. Like, they should well, shut the him college, down for the rest like the of the year. college season is of long, grueling season. Yes, but he pitched a lot of innings. Right. He's pitched a lot of innings. Yeah. I would sit him down until next season. Okay. Personally. Get him ready to go. If he's ready next season, you know, after he goes through everything and you develop him, then he's ready. But don't rush it. 
And if you want to trade him, trade him. I don't care. I'm, I'm okay with trading. Pro- I'm okay with trading prospects. Like there are like three Mets prospects I would not trade right now. Right. I think good organizations don't hold on the prospects too long. Yeah. If you're in a winning position, there's you'll no have the three. You'll hold, you'll yeah. have the three you hold on to. Yeah. Like you have a few guys, and who's the Mets a, have said that already. Who's untouchable? Brett Beatty, Francisco Mauricio. Alvarez. Holy crap! That yeah. kid, Francisco Alvarez, is gonna be a star. Yeah. He's going to be a star in this league. Big guy too. Nice chunky guy. <laughs> Can't wait to see him in the majors. Kumar Rocker's um, numbers are very very impressive. He's, uh, he's got interesting he, stuff. He just, um, it seems like he has a little uh, command, issue. command issues yeah. once in a while. He, he doesn't, um, his velocity is inconsistent. Right. But I don't know anytime you strike out 179 guys in 122 innings, that's pretty wow. impressive. Yeah. On the best team in the country. Yeah. So, hopefully, listen. SEC. I think you're right. I think good teams don't hoard prospects. Yeah. Again, you'll have the few. Like, Brody Van Wagenen traded the farm. Right. But the Mets weren't in a position where they should be trading right, the farm. Exactly. The San Diego Padres could trade the farm. Right now, yes. Louis Patino, they traded him away. They traded Francisco. They Pistilla still have. Away. What do they still have? They, what's his they name? They still have a loaded. What's his? Freaking, what's the? What's the, Why am I blank? The what's white it? guy, the pitcher. Yeah. Oh, what is that kid's name? Not Honeywell. He's on the. No, no, no. Rays. It's not. Oh, it's right it there. It just popped into my head. It's you, right there. You talked and now it's gone. Okay, please. I'm gonna look it up. Not Louis Patino. They trade Louis Patino away. There we go. It's not Louis Patino. No. Uh, Matt, no. Do I have Ryan it? Weathers. Ryan Weathers is on the team. Yeah, what is his deal? Mackenzie Gore. Yes, that's who that's it is. It. Thank you. Mackenzie Gore. They could trade him. They, yeah. they still have Clevenger. Yeah, they are loaded with talent. They, I don't think... You know, I keep seeing them, man. CJ like, Abrams, too, is in their, they didn't uh, trade their system. Isn't he like a middle infielder? He's like yeah, shortstop and yeah, oh, exactly. Good. So, yeah, exactly. Keep keep trading. They they have interest in Joey Gallo. Really? Let's shift this right into the MLB trade talk. Trade on my talk. Uh, yeah, because AJ Preller um drafted him when he was with Texas, mm-hmm. and they have a good relationship. And I, I I guess they have a need for him. Where would they put him? Grisham's um, in center. Who's playing left? Maybe is is Will Myers hitting the road? Tommy Pham's in left. Oh, Tommy Pham, oh boy. Don't be him. No, I think, um, I don't know. I don't think that necessarily makes sense for the Padres. I think that maybe they'll float him around. Or what we always forget with these trades is you got to give something up. So maybe Myers or Pham. Pham's having a really good year. Maybe, I don't know why they trade him, but maybe Pham goes in the deal. Pham is not having a really good year. He's had a very good June. He had a really good June, but that's not a really good year. We dropped him in fantasy. I know. Just the, right before he got hot. But no, What's I think, Will Myers' name? What do you mean, what's his... You just said his name. Why? When I put it in... It's 1L. W-I-L. Ah, oh, there we go. No, but I think Gallo, the trade market's going to be really hot. The Yankees have been, you know, thrown around. Their name's been thrown around with them. I think that makes a lot of sense. I think we already talked about this, but... Big lefty bat, what they need exactly, um, can play a very good defensive outfield, has a cannon of an arm, basically a five-tool player without the speed and contact, so three tools. But, um... He... Not... He's not... I think he has a couple of stolen bases, no? Eh, he's alright, you know. He's not... He's not, no, he's, no, he's not No, I'm sorry. I'm mixing him up with somebody else. Uh, I mean, he's not... You know, Jesse Winker. No, he's not a five. He's not a five tool player. No, he's not a five tool. He's a three tool player. Yes, but his three tools are excellent. 
He's very. He has an excellent glove, an excellent arm, and an excellent power uh, stroke. The Yankees should go get him. Yeah. Whether it's for this season or next season, he right. should be on their team, contributing for the next few years. Mm-hmm. What's his deal with the contract? Because I keep seeing he could be a free agent next season, but let me. I'm going to pull it up now on SportTrack, which is the best for contracts. Yeah. SportsTrack.com is the great. They, well, that's what. Arbitration three next season. Okay. So what does yeah. that mean? So he's under control until twenty twenty three. Yes. Okay. So he's a free agent in twenty twenty three. So yeah, the Yankees should go get him. No matter what, the let's say the Yankees go three and ten over the next thirteen games. God forbid, the Yankees should still go trade for this yeah. guy. Because that this I think is, it makes a lot of sense for their put team. him in center field. That's it. And yeah, goodbye exactly. to Aaron Hicks. Holy crap! Yeah, Aaron Hicks. How about that contract? I mean, listen, it, was, it wasn't anything crazy financially, Dr. Kobe but, seven, but seven years, $70 million is still a pretty decent contract. Yeah, definitely. So, like we said, Chris Bryant's going to be on the move. There's going to be a lot of teams interested in him yeah. because, of how ver- because he could play left field, he could play right field, he could play first base, he could play third right. base. He's got the name. He, yes. You know how good he can be. He's won an MVP. And, yeah, you're right. He could play, play on the corners of the infield. He could play in the outfield. You could basically put him anywhere. Um yeah, he's going to be really interesting. And how about uh, Jock Peterson getting traded today? To Jock Peterson, Braves? yes. He gets traded to the Braves. The Braves needed to make a move because of Acuna. I was reading just now from Jeff Passan. This does not mean they're going to be adding at the deadline at all. Right. They just needed they needed a body. Yeah. A, a viable body. Now, they, they see the NL East as vulnerable. They see the Mets as vulnerable. And they see, okay, if we go on a run here in the next couple of weeks – which is highly unlikely, but if they do go on a run here, we've added a piece to replace Acuna, and now we can go and add even more. Right. So it's not a terrible move. They give up the 12th-ranked prospect, the first baseman. Um. Yeah, but I don't really – I wouldn't even call this a buy because Jock Peterson has just flat-out not been a good player. He's actually been a well-below-average player this year. Um, he's batting 230. He's got a 718 OPS. Only has 11 home runs, 73 games, and he has a negative 0.2 WAR. He's been abysmal defensively. He's got an OPS plus under 100 of 96. So yeah, he just overall hasn't been good. He's been a solid player for his career. He's made the All Star game. He's got in the home run derby. He's always been a guy who's, you know, not going to be a crazy on base guy. He's going to have some pop. He's not going to hit for that great of average, but he's going to hit, you know, 25 to 35 home runs, something like that. And um. That's not what he's been this year. But uh, I think him and Kyle Schwarber are very comparable in the offseason. Both very similar guys. A lot of power. Not great defensively. Um, obviously big lefty hitters. And one is, you know, has a nine-something OPS, and the other one is Jock Peterson. One of them's going to get $25 million a yeah. year, and the other one's going to get $5 million a year. Yeah. That's the difference between exactly. them. Uh, yeah, I mean, people making a big deal about this again. Listen, I think they, I think, I think every team in the National League East believes that they can go on a run here. Yeah, because when you're only three and a half, four games out, yeah, right. you should, you should believe that. Even the Marlins. Listen, I don't think they can make a run, but they're really, they're really not that they bad. They have a decent team. Yeah. And Dave Rothenberg on ESPN Radio was going off, you know, about how the Mets have, a, you know, a nice second half schedule because almost twenty percent of their games are against the Marlins. That is nothing to like right. get, 
you know, cheery about. The Marlins are still a decent team. They're a decent team. They pitch very well. They're stingy. Oh, and we suck against them. Right. <laughs> oh, yeah, but, yeah, we get to play the Marlins for 20% of the games. That actually scares me more I mean, than any time you're playing within the division, it's it's not, exactly. you know, something to waltz over unless you're the Yankees versus, you know, the 2019 Yankees are playing the Orioles. Yeah, when you have 17 well, really and 2. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Glaber Torres would love if he could just play the 2019. You got a, cu- you got a couple series there. coming up against the Orioles, though. Yeah, we do. So, maybe, maybe Glaber can break out uh, of it there. Doesn't look good. Who? I mean, we, we kind of went over a lot of guys that could possibly get traded um, last show, but this Trevor Story thing like bothers me. Right. Because he's so talented. He's having a down year, and he's been injured, but yet, you know, what, what I can't play with your keys? It's making noise. I got to play with something. I, um, play with the pen. I don't think he's going to get traded. You don't? No. I don't see why they wouldn't. Who are you going to trade him to? Do you think the A's are going to say, oh, yeah, let's open the pockets. Let's open, no. you know, here's the farm. You know, I think you... somebody will. I think you'll find a home for somebody. The Mets were mentioned by Buster only. Okay, yeah, I don't think no. that's out of the question. I think it's a terrible Who idea. Who was I thinking about? I actually, I don't think the Red Sox are out of the question. What are you going to do? It's not like Bogarts is a great defensive shortstop. Who's so playing second? I think you can move him to se- if if he can play second. I'm not sure if he can. Or you could play Story at second. I know Story can play second base. He wouldn't. I mean, I think they'd force Bogarts to go over to second. Yeah, probably. With how good Story is at short. I mean, Story's actually he's never he's only played shortstop his entire career. He's but also a great shortstop. I think I also I think he is able to play second though. I think he's played it before, like at some point. Yes. But again, I'm not unless Bogarts is just completely inept, right? And he can't play second. I don't think they would do that. I don't know if Bogarts can. I know he can play third, but I don't know if he can play second. But I don't know. Like I think with a guy who's as talented as Trevor Story, um, I think he will. Have. Who's playing first? Um, Bobby Dahlbeck is playing first right now. Has he been terrible? Times. Yeah, uh, not terrible. He hasn't been good. Move, move, uh, you, uh, useless. Um, not useless. Uh, Devers over to first. Can can you do that? Yeah. I mean, Bogart's I, a third. Eh, I don't know. That's I don't know if that's necessarily true. I know he's you know. I I don't think all guys can just move from third to first. I don't know if he's played it before. I don't think he has. I think he's been a third. I think he has played a little there though because he was so bad at it at one point. Um, they tried him out. Dahlbeck's been bad. I know he's uh. Devers has struggled with third base his whole career in terms of defense, and he's gotten better every year. He's worked at it. So I feel like switching his position. I, I don't think the Red Sox are that desperate where they need – their offense is good enough. I don't think – I think I can kind of walk back my prediction there. I don't think they would necessarily go out and get Trevor Story um, and try and, you know, shake around their defense and whatever. I think the only way you would get him is if he, he can play second. You know, you don't move anybody out of the way. Right. What do you think of uh, Marte? Um, I think Marte, I don't know. I don't know if he's going to get dealt. He's had a good career with the Diamondbacks, but he didn't have that great of a year last year, and he's had a good year this year, but it's in a very small sample size. He hasn't played much. I don't even think, has he even played a month this year? 42 games played. Okay, so he's played about a month 2. and a half. 2.7 war in those 42 yeah, games. Yeah, see, he's been really good, um, but he's been hurt for a while now, and I think he will get dealt. I, I mean, I think if the Diamondbacks, you know, Use their head a little here. They will deal him. Uh, to who? I don't know. I think the Yankees are always going to get their name thrown in there. Um, Another righty bat, though. He's a switch hitter. Stanley Marte. 
I'm talking about Ketel Marte. I was talking about Starling Marte. Well, you got to be a little more specific because Ketel you know Marte You're right. is... You're right. I was completely talking about Starling Marte. Okay. Well, Ketel Marte is who I was talking about, and uh, I'm right. He's played 37 games this year, so he's played about a month. Um, he's been really freaking good when he does play. He's batting 370. He's got a 974 OPS. Um, he could play a lot of positions. He's a switch hitter, so he's very versatile. Um, who he ends up with, like I said, the Yankees are a possibility. A couple other teams uh, off the top of my head, I guess the Astros could be a potential fit for him. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think they need, they, they could use a center fielder. Absolutely. What do you got, Miles Straw yeah, there? Yeah, you could use a center fielder. There we go. Um, now, do you need to add a bat if you're the Astros? I don't think so, but, no. you know. They're not going to be um, – wouldn't hurt. To they're just, gonna. They're gonna be in the. Doesn't hurt. They're gonna be in the the market for a pitcher, and relief pitchers. Right. And if they add that, I think they're. I mean, they're my World Series pick, but I think they're definitely going. Right. We spoke about a guy like this uh, to one of your rival teams, the Rays. Uh, yep. Nelson Cruz. I mean, that makes perfect sense. Yep. He's been he, Nelson Cruz. We talked about him last time. You know, he's he's forty one and he's just putting up insane numbers again. I think a team like the A's also makes sense. Again, I don't know what kind of moves that the Oakland Athletics right. will make, but it makes sense. Trevor Story makes sense for the A's. Mm-hmm. Which they're not going to do it. I don't know. I, I would like to see how they act uh, in this trade deadline. But it's not like the Astros are this team. Like The Astros are very good, but if the if the A's went out and made a move like that, I would say, okay, the A's are right there with them. Right. They got Bassett pitching well. They've got uh, Manaya yeah. playing well. been playing very Caprillion. well. Um, who else? Um, Frankie Montes had a Frankie solid Montes year. Frankie Montes He's well. actually been their five-starter, basically. Cole Irvin's playing much. Yeah. We just named five starting pitchers yeah. that have pitched, pitched pretty well for yeah. them. And Bassett and Manaya have been up there, you know. I think, they should, I think they should make a move. I, listen, I know the A's aren't exactly this, you know, uh, New York Yankees, Los Angeles Dodgers type team where they're going to go out and get everybody and spend all the money, but you don't have to spend any money here. This is just a trade. Go get Trevor Story as a rental. Give up a you know a decent prospect and and try and go for it this year. I think they this is the year for them. Matt Olson's coming off the books. This uh, you know he's going to leave in the off season. So why not go for it right now? I mean they're fifty two and forty. They're three and a half games back at first. They hold the second wild card. Right. Why not? I can't stand teams that'll just stay put like that. Right. You have a you yeah. have a good team. You have a good roster. You're gonna lose a couple of guys next season. Go for it. Right. Go for it. Um, what else do we got here? Let's look. I want to look at my list. Um, yeah. I mean, listen. Both New York teams. You know, the Yankees situation is, is much different now. But they gotta they gotta go on runs, especially the Mets. They gotta pull away. Right. Make these teams not want to make a move. Make the Phillies say, "Oh, you know what? Maybe." I think a week towel. or two can make a big difference. You know, if the, the Phillies go out and lose, uh, you know, seven of their ten games, and the Mets win seven of their ten games, that can make a big difference on whether a team wants to buy or not. I, I think the Mets are gonna have a nice second half. I do, and we're gonna get to a couple of players that we think are gonna have big second halves. You wanna do that now or after the break? Well, let's do it now. Why not? Let's do it now. So this is our segment this week. We've got so it's our top three breakout players and top three guys we think are gonna disappoint in the second half of the season. Mm-hmm. You wanna do breakout first? Sure. All right, I'll go first. 
Or do you want to go first? I think Pete Alonso, who has shown flashes already of having a big first half. He had a nice first half. He was injured. He was injured for a while. He didn't say anything. And then he went on the IL and he came back and hit. I think he's going to go off in the second half. Go off. He's got the confidence right now. Um, and he's just, listen, he's been really good the past few weeks. Mm-hmm. And I just think it's going to roll over into the second half. I think 20, 30 home runs in the second half for him this season. Mm-hmm. I don't hate that. Um, my first breakout candidate is uh, my only pitcher on my list. And that is Luis Castillo. Uh, ah. We are current owners of him on our fantasy team. He was off to a brutal start to a season. I mean, one of the worst pitchers in baseball. Oh, good. I looked up Luis Castillo on baseball reference, and I got the former Met and Marlin Luis Castillo. Oh, yeah. Um, but, no, Castillo's been actually pretty decent, um, even for the year. He's got a 4.6 ERA, but he's got a 1.2 war, and he's been pitching a lot better as of late, and I think that is going to continue. He's had absolutely nasty stuff. I've wanted the Yankees to get this guy for a while. I think if they want to make that move, why not? But I don't They're know if the Reds selling. are. I don't know They're if the Reds. I don't know if the Reds are necessarily going to want to move him. But he's a very. He's still very young. Um, he's only 24 years old. Absolutely nasty stuff. I think this guy's going to be an ace for his career. Um, but I'll just look at his splits right now. If I can get to them, because Baseball Reference likes to show me hitting stats for a pitcher for some right. reason. That's good. Uh, The Reds are four games out of the division right now. Three and a half back of the wild card. Yeah, I think they will uh, be buyers. Yeah. Yeah, so he's pitched to a 171 ER. All right, this is actually ridiculous. I'll just go by me each month. April 629. May. Oh, my God. 804. He was 0-6 with an 804 ERA in the month Mm -hmm. of May. (laughs) Then June, he goes 2-2 two two with a 1-7-1. And then in July, through three starts, he's had a 2-4-1 ER. Wow. So, obviously, he's turned it around in the, in the second half of the first half alone. Huh. And I think he's going to continue that um, in the second half of the year. And he's, he's my first uh, bounce-back, breakout, whatever you want to call it, candidate. I love it. And I hope you are 100% correct. My number two is also a pitcher. And I thought this is who you're going to say. Lucas Giolito. He's like a 4-1-5 ERA, yeah. but we were predicting, a lot of people were predicting him to be... Possible Cy Young. Possible Cy Young in the American League. And he is, again, he He's is not... He's a three-starter in his own rotation right now. Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, I predict Lucas Giolito, who is on a very good team, obviously. The Chicago White Sox, they are in first place, and they are going to run away with that division. And yeah, like you just said, they, they haven't needed him to be phenomenal. But if they get him going, which I think he will... They could be unstoppable with the guys they've had. Uh, Carlos Rodon has been really, really good. And um, Lance Lynn might be the AL Cy Young Award winner. Yeah, but yeah I mean, a 4-1-5 ERA in 104 innings. He's only got a... What is this here? Oh, he's got a 10, not only. A 10.8 strikeout per nine. I thought it would said mm-hmm. 7. He's got 7 hits per nine, though. Nice. So, um, yeah, Duke, Lucas Giolito is my number two guy here on this list. Uh, my second guy on this list is um, a former MVP, and that is Christian Yelich. Uh, oh, Yelich has had a yeah. shaky year. He didn't have a good year last year either. He's battled some injuries this year. He's only batting 241 with uh, five home runs, which is very low considering he had 36 and 44 his uh, first two years with the Brewers. And he's only had a 768 OPS. Now, those num- the 768 OPS actually isn't even that much that- – 
as low as you would think because he's he's a 399 on base percentage. So he's still been walking a lot. He's still obviously a feared hitter because of how much he's been walking. Um, I think he's going to figure it out. That 369 slugging, I don't expect to stay there. That's absolutely dreadful. We know how good of a player this guy is. Is he maybe not the guy we thought he was the first two years in Milwaukee? Who knows, but if he if he ends up being what we thought he was, that guy in, in Miami, that's still a very good player, and that's definitely not what he is right now. I think he's going to pick it up in the second half. Look for Christian Yelich to have a very good second half. Well, do you remember when he signed that contract? Seven years, $185 million. We were like, what? Yeah. That was after he won the MVP. We were like, what is he doing? Mm. He's getting underpaid. And listen, I'm not saying that contract is a total bust right now. Right. But, because I, I agree with you. I think he, he just missed my list. I think he's going to bounce back. But um, I have one more guy that I think is going to bounce back in a big way. But, yeah. That contract is uh, it's weird. It was weird when it was given. Who knows it still how it's looks weird play now. Out. Yeah. So my number three guy, and we were actually talking about him. I think Trevor Story is going to have a massive second half. Right. I think he's you know he's going to get healthier, and he is playing in Coors Field, and there's going to be a lot of talk about him getting traded, and I don't think he will get traded. And there is there's a lot of pressure on him to go perform because he has a chance to be the number one you know shortstop heading into that class in free agency. This offseason. Right. And if he can do that, he can make himself, you know, a couple hundred million dollars if he could step it up <laughs> here. Maybe even close to three. So if he can have a, yeah, if he can have a nice second half and um, turn it on, I, I really do. He's been in, he's been injury, injury riddled so far this year. I want to pull up his numbers, actually. I think he has 11 home runs, if I remember correctly, from the Derby. Yeah. I mean, he's at an OPS plus of not, nine, 99. Okay. So that's not you know, really what he is. He's usually right. floats around 120 OPS plus. So he's, yeah, he's only got 11 home runs. His OPS is 765. He's, he's a guy that I would look definitely to, to definitely turn it on this uh, second half. Uh, Trevor store was actually my third one. Wow. But I'm going to, I'm going to throw in an extra one and give you the guy who I originally had on this list. And then as we were talking about Trevor story, I was like, huh, you know what? Never mind. Um, that is Anthony Rizzo. Rizzo is going to be a free agent after this year. Um, he's been a very good player for his career. He's got a 36 war for his career, 852 OPS, 128 OPS plus. He hasn't been that player this year. His on base is down. His slugging is down. His homers are down. Everything's down. Um, he's only batting 247, 771 OPS. I think he's going to turn around the second half, um, especially that he's got money on the line here. Um... Will it be with the Cubs? Who knows? We know they're going to be big sellers. I just have an interesting stat here. Oh, God. Um, so, on baseball reference, it gives you the game outcome for each team and, like, you know, how that player, what that player's done in wins versus what they've done in losses. Yeah. Now, obviously, you would expect every player to be a little worse in losses because do I even need to explain that? Yeah. Um, but his numbers, you want to talk about a guy that makes the team go? These are ridiculous. In wins, Joey Gallo is batting. I'm Joey Gallo. I was going to say. Anthony Rizzo is batting 323 with a 422 on base and a 515 slug. That's a 937 OPS. In losses, he's batting 179 with a 267 on base and a 352 slug, and that's a 618 OPS. So his OPS is 300 points lower when the, when the Cubs lose. So he's just useless when they lose. Yeah, like and, and he, for obvious, I think for obvious reasons, he's uh, 
a reason why they lose. Yeah. And a reason why they win. Yeah, exactly. And he's a guy. I mean, he's the heart of that order. And he's a guy that could definitely be uh, moved in a, yeah, for in a sure. couple weeks. Let's flip it to disappointments. Dis- this is the, the, the pessimistic side of this the segment. This is interesting. I got a couple of guys you're not going to be surprised about. Okay. My first one is Kyle Schwarber. I think it's pretty obvious. This guy had That's mine, too. Okay. He had an historic June. Mm -hmm. Now he's banged up. They're probably going to rush him back. Right. I don't see him continuing. I think, listen, he bursted onto the scene as a phenomenal, phenomenal player. Like, a can't-miss. Remember when he came up? That club system was loaded. Yeah. Do you remember when he came up? We were like, this is one of the greatest Mm hitters we've ever seen. I thought Jorge Soler was going to be a superstar with the Cubs. You had Soler, Schwarber, Almora, Baez. That system, Addison Brian, Russell. Addison Russell, that was a loaded Castro came out of that farm yep. system a little earlier. Yeah, I mean, listen. Kyle Schwarber, who I dislike, but he has 25 home runs, 53 RBIs, batting 253. He's never batted. He batted over 250 once in his career. Mm-hmm. He's never had an OPS over 870. He's got an OPS of 910. This isn't sustainable. I agree. Um, he was the first player I had on my list. Um, I don't think people are expecting Kyle Schwarber to rip off a 900 OPS for the rest of the season. Um, so this isn't exactly a crazy prediction here, but, yeah, I agree. He had an extremely hot June. He's not going to be able to do that for the rest of the season. Um, and I expect his numbers to dip. My second person. Oh, you get to go first? Is, well, you said Kyle Schwarber. Oh, yeah. So I figured I'll, yeah, no, you I'll got take it. one. Yeah. Um, I got Herman Marquez Aww. of the Colorado Rockies. Now, Herman Marquez is actually, I, I think he's a very good player. Um, and I think he, he would be a great pitcher wherever he went. But I just think him pitching in Coors Field and everything like that, he's done it his whole career, but it's very tough to, to hold a low three ZRA. I don't think he's going to explode and have a 4-5 ERA by the end of the year. I would just expect that ERA to get a little, you know, north of 3-5 and, and, and knock the door on a 4 ERA. Um, I think he's a very good pitcher, like I said, but maybe uh, maybe he's on the move. I, I don't know what the Rockies are going to do. Listen, Marquez would be a really good trade, a trade bait. He's 26 years old. He's under contract uh, through 2023. So, Bud Black, happen with him? Bud Black, the manager, has said they're not moving him. Right. They love him. But I don't know. I think him and John Gray are out of there. Because I don't think they're going to trade Story. And they know. need to replenish that farm system somehow. I don't know why they wouldn't trade Story, though. But I don't think it's that they don't want to. I think it's they're not going to have a lot of takers. Are they going to pay him? No. So, then what are you going to do? Trade him for nothing? I mean, you trade him for something. Then just let him walk in the offseason. All right, my next guy is, uh, I can't stand him, Jesse Winker. I, I don't even know if this is bold or not because he's been terrible past 28 days. You want to hear his numbers? Sure. Two home runs, nine RBIs in his last 28 days. He's batting 196 with a 295 on base and a 315 slugging. That's a 610 OPS. Gets worse last 14 days and uh, last seven days. So, yeah, not good at all. And, um, obviously, you know, who cares? But, yeah, I mean, this is a guy that's led the league in – he was top in batting average, right? Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Him and Castellanos was. was like 1-2. Yeah. He was a starter in the All-Star game and well-deserved for what he did in the first half, but he's been struggling big time now, and I think he is uh, going to continue that fall because he's been so, so good. I don't expect it to continue. Yeah, I got I got it to screw with you here. Um, I feel pretty strongly about Jesse Winker being a good MLB player. I mean, when he started breaking out this year, I'm like, really? And then I looked at his numbers. I'm like, you know, this is a guy that – we've kind of been ignoring of how great of a hitter he's been over his career. I mean, the guy's got an 876 career OPS. He had a great 2020 last year in the shortened season. Years before that, he's never had an OPS over 830 in his major league career. Very impressive numbers. Um, under 830. So, why would I say? Over 830. Uh, yeah, he's never had an OPS under 830. Um, do I think that batting average might dip? Maybe. But I think you're still going to see this guy hovering around a 900 OPS for the rest of the season and being a really key player in that Reds lineup. But my last uh, disappointment, and um, I think you kind of could have saw this coming, I got Marcus Stroman. I almost put New him York on the list. Mets. And um, listen, I think Stroman's a good pitcher. Do I think he's a, he's a number one? Hell no. Do I think he's a number two? Probably no, not. he's not a number two. Um, Anybody that thinks that's an idiot. This is a guy who's been extremely streaky over his MLB career. I mean, you go through numbers one through five, he's had one of those as an ERA in, his, in, in each season. <laughs> he's had a one ERA. He's had a five ERA. The guy's been all over the place his whole career. Um, and I don't expect him to keep this up. He's always been a pitch-to-contact player, uh, pitcher, and all the guys who are usually like that, they, they have stats that fluctuate because baseball is a game of luck, and sometimes those lineouts turn into singles and those flyouts turn into homers. So um, do I think that he's going to absolutely implode? No. Do I think he's going to have a two-something ERA? No. I think you're going to see his numbers dip a bit and uh, – Maybe he'll lose a couple dollars in the second half. His his season ERA is two seven five. His last seven days the five four zero. Last fourteen days the five four zero. Last twenty eight days the four two nine. I saw Mets fans on Twitter. Oh, you Strowman haters! You know you're eating your words now. And it looked like a point in the first two months where I'm like, wow, this guy's been really good. They might have to pay him in the offseason. He's been that good. But you're 100 percent right. I was right. I will always be right. I've never liked Marcus Stroman. I, I don't like the way I don't like the way he gets so he gets so frustrated on the mound. mound. And yeah, and it and it gets to him. You you look at guys like Walker and you look at guys like DeGrom and even Scherzer and Cole. Right. They get into trouble. Very composed. Okay. It's fine. I'm gonna get out of this. Right. You don't get that same feeling with Marcus Stroman. Mm-hmm. I think he's a three or four starter at best. Um, I'm, I've been very critical of him, and I really I was this close to putting him on my list. My number three is Jonathan Scope. He's he had a great June. Um, this is gonna be quick. I mean, you know, it's Jonathan Scope. He had a great <laughs> June. Um, he really emerged as a possible trade candidate for the Detroit Tigers. I want to look at his splits here because I think he went. He I think he went like off off in June. His last he, 20, did. he got a player of the month card now. Yeah. MLB the show. His last twenty eight days, five home runs, twenty RBIs, three oh seven uh, batting average, eight thirty two OPS. He went off. I don't think he's going to continue that. I hope the Tigers can get something for him pretty soon. But uh, yeah, I don't think he's going to continue this at all. Oh, that's a loud car. That's a loud Appreciate car. That, yeah. All right, so quick review breakout players. I had Pete Alonso, Trevor Story, Lucas Giolito. My disappointing players were Kyle Schwarber, Jesse Winker, and Jonathan Scope. 
I had Luis Castillo, Christian Yelich, and Anthony Rizzo for my breakout players. And my disappointing players, I have Kyle Schwarber, Marcus Stroman, and Herman Marquez. You want to play the voicemail right now? We'll I play it after the break. I think the voice... Oh, we didn't break yet. No. We didn't All right. Break yet. I'm sorry. I, I, you want to go straight through? No. We can't go straight <laughs> we through. We can't go straight through. I, I wish we could because I've, I'm feeling it right now. I'm right. feeling it. All right, we're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to get to some basketball. We have a voicemail that I want to play at the beginning because it ties in everything we want to talk about. It's the NBA Finals and a little football talk after this. The S&D Podcast Channel, the perfect channel for any style of podcast. We have all different pop culture style podcasts for all of your listening needs. If you would like to start a podcast, you can reach us at sndpodcast at gmail.com. We are always looking for new podcasts to add to our channel, and the topic could be anything you want. So contact us now. Here we go. We are back. Episode 24 of the Hardline Sports Talk. We're going to talk some NBA Finals after a big Game 4 victory from the Milwaukee Bucks. But we have a voicemail that we want to play, which ties into our next segment. So, here we go. Hey, what's going on, guys? Thank you for having me on the show. I just want to know what you guys think the Suns need to do to get back in this series. They just lost two on the road. No biggie. Chris Paul and Devin Booker can pick it up. But what do you guys think they need to do? Because I got Suns in six, and I want to keep it that way. So what do you guys think? What should the Suns do this next game? Thank you, John, for the voicemail. Yeah, so the Suns and the Bucks last night. Game four was a disappointment for the Suns. The Suns, who played pretty well, they were up by a few points heading into that fourth quarter, but just got dominated in that fourth quarter and part of the reason was Chris Middleton Mm -hmm. he scored 40 points he went for 14 in the fourth quarter and one of the most inconsistent players this postseason really overall he either looks like a superstar or he looks like a you know regular number two or three guy on the team or even worse than that he was that guy last night and he stepped up in a big way Listen, the Suns, if, if they're going to win this series, and they went up 2-0, they won the first two games at home, and they're going back, playing Game 5 in Phoenix Saturday night, they're going to need their leader, their guy, what people consider their team MVP, Chris Paul, to step up. 10 points, 7 assists, 4 rebounds, 5 of 13 shooting, a negative 10 plus minus. That is not going to do it. That's not going to do it. No. Um... I agree. Obviously, Chris Paul needs to step up there. But I think what, from the defensive side, what the Suns need to do is, you mentioned it, Chris Middleton has been a very inconsistent. He's seemed like he can carry this team of points, and other times he can weigh the team down. Um, you're not going to stop Giannis. We're not, I'm not going to come on here and say, oh, you need to slow Giannis down, stop Giannis. That's not going to happen, and that's okay. I think where you win this series is you disrupt the Bucks game plan. You disrupt... Chris Middleton, don't let him get open shots and, um, you know, kill you for 40, like you said. Make us see the Chris Middleton we saw in the first two games of the series, a guy who struggled to, to score the basketball and shoot efficiently from the field. The Bucks are a team that have had a tendency offensively to get a little lazy, get a little sloppy, kind of play unorganized basketball. You got you to gotta try and make that happen. Like I said, uh, disrupt the game plan, be uh, – scrappy on defense and and i think everything else falls into place yeah i mean they listen they didn't get good play from a lot of guys here and i deandre ayton he did not play well again six points right 
and you lose by six, and this just seemed like a very, it looked like, it seemed like a very winnable game for the Phoenix Suns to head back up 3-1, close it out in five, and John, I'm sorry, I don't think they're going to close it out in six, the Suns. I don't think they're going to close it out at all. I think I'm, I was rooting for the Suns. I thought the Suns would win in six. I think the Bucks are going to win in seven. Okay. Um, I, I'm kind of pulling for the Bucks here. Uh, I, I don't think, you know, taking away who I want to win, I, I don't think that's a bad prediction. I think the Bucks obviously, they're going to need to win a game on the road here. Uh, they only have one home game left. Uh, that will be difficult, but it is very doable. The Bucks have shown that they have a lot of heart. Um, I got to pull up that statistic that I saw. Before. Yes, it's a great statistic here. The Milwaukee Bucks are 1-5 and five in games this is since the Eastern Conference semis against the um, Hawks. Nets. No, the oh, Nets. semis, sorry. Since the semis, yeah, against the Nets. So they're 1-5 and five in games 1 and 2 of series they played in. And in games 3 through 7, they're 9-2. and two. So obviously this is a team that maybe they, they see some things as the series goes on. They're a smarter team than we think. Mike Budenholzer sees things, figures stuff out. Um, they make good adjustments. Yeah, exactly. And I think we saw that in the, the last two games, the way they had, they were more structured offensively, more organized. Um, Chris Middleton obviously was a big part of that. Drew Holiday well, did, hasn't really showed up for them. It hasn't really mattered. Um, I think obviously he will need to, to help the team out, but I don't think Drew Holiday is going to be an X factor for them where they're going to need him to step up or they're not winning He can't series. shoot four for 20 again. No. Um, but... This is, this is going to be a really good rest of the series, and you're right. Game four, that was a big game for the Suns. They could have swung all the momentum their way, coming 3-1, coming home. It's really tough to come back from that if you're in Milwaukee, but now this is anybody's series. Yeah, I think you nailed it right on the head, too, with the Giannis and Chris Middleton point. You're not going to stop Giannis. The, the slander with Giannis has to stop, and that's me included. Right. <laughs> um, he's been great this whole postseason. He's been great this series coming off a hyperextended left knee, and you're not going to stop him. But you can slow down Middleton. If he can be slowed down, you have a chance at winning. You have a chance at winning those games. Right. But if he's going for 40, you're not You're not beating them. The officiating was terrible. It was. It was really bad. And obviously, they didn't want Devin Booker to foul out of that game. Devin Booker did score 42 points. We didn't mention that. He was phenomenal. And he's somebody that is so... He's very inconsistent, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're either getting a really bad game or you're getting a 30-40 point yeah. game out of him this postseason. That's what it feels like. He shot the ball incredibly well, and he was he was their only starter. Their starters, other than him, combined for 38 points, Yeah, and he scored 42. Um, yeah, I mean, we talked about it last episode about the Kobe comparisons and everything like that. Devin Booker's got a lot of talent, but he's still not a... Not a refined and, and sharp as he can be. Um, he needs to be more consistent, like you said, especially in a series like this. Obviously, everything's on the line. That's what you play for. He does need to be more consistent. Um, how about this uh, tweet from 2015 that I just found? You know KFC at Barstool? Love him. Yeah, so speaking of Giannis Antetokounmpo, he tweeted on Valentine's Day 2015. I guess this is the day of the dunk contest. Some dude named Giannis Antetokounmpo is in the dunk contest this year. I think we can officially declare this event dead. Wow. How did that age? It didn't age well, but he's, he's, he is right about the dunk contest. Yeah, no, I mean, the dunk young, contest is in trouble. A young, a young Giannis doing that is not uh, good for the sport. Right. 
Um, but no, back to back to this series. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Jan, the Giannis Lander does need to stop. Um, the guy is showing that he's a top-tier player in this league. He can carry a team. He can show up in big moments. That block yesterday was phenomenal. Yeah, that was LeBron-esque crazy. block right there. It wasn't close to LeBron. It wasn't close to it, but it was in a similar situation. Late game in an NBA Finals game coming up with a block like that. Um, yeah, obviously Giannis can do it all. He defends. We don't need to go through all this. We know how great of a player he is, but... I, I, you're, you're right. The honest lander does need to stop. And this whole thing, I can't build a team around him and blah, blah, blah. I don't want to hear it anymore. Um, you know, just quickly, last thing about this series is that, A, it's been just – I haven't been able to get into it. I guess it's the teams. I just haven't been able to get into it. But Chris Paul's got to play better. Yeah. He's got to play better. If he wants, if he wants this here, which obviously he does, I'm not questioning that. Ten points and seven assists is not going to cut it. Yeah, he there was a lot of people pulling for him, and he was so great the whole season. He was good in the postseason, and and this NBA Finals, Chris Paul, not this, the same and guy. And this could be a big deciding factor on his whole legacy. Yeah, I mean he, a hundred percent. I mean this guy wants to go down as a top five, top three point guard ever. You're gonna need to really, you know. I was You're asked, need to win the series. I want to ask you this question because I was asked by uh, by somebody, who do you think needs this championship more, Giannis or Chris Paul? And I honestly think there's a right answer for the that's legacy. A tough, that's a tough question. Um, they're both obviously in different stages of their career. Chris Paul's on the back end. Giannis is still just getting started. Um, what is he like? Twenty five, twenty six. Giannis. Yep. Um, oof. You want to hear mine? That is a good question. I'm going to say... I'm going to say Giannis. Listen, Chris Paul... I I think there's no doubt in the talent of Chris Paul. And he's going to be a Hall of Famer. And he's going to be recognized as an all-time great. And I know a lot of people are talking about rings, this. And he doesn't have any rings and whatever. And this is finally his shot to get it. But we don't see people criticizing Chris Paul. For not getting a ring. I think it's the opposite. We see people pitying Chris Paul, feeling bad for Chris Paul that he hasn't gotten a ring. He hasn't been in the right had gotten the right opportunity and whatever. Giannis, on the other hand, like I just said, people say you can't build a team around him. He's he's overrated. He can't you know shoot well from you know three point range and make good outside shots. I think for Giannis, a guy who decided to stay in Milwaukee, sign an extension, not hit free agency earlier. I think he's got a lot of pressure on him and a lot of uh, criticism that he could put to bed right now if he if he wins this series. And I think this is really, really good for his legacy if he does. Chris Paul's always been a really good player, obviously, and he's a Hall of Famer with, with or without this ring. But we never spoke about Chris Paul in the lights of, you know, LeBron and, and the best players in the yeah. league. We compare Giannis to the best players in the league. And we're now starting to compare his legacy compared to – I mean, we're going to – you know, start saying, is he a top 15 player? Is he top 20 player? I've already seen these. Mm-hmm. If you want to start comparing him in this sense, if you want to compare him to guys like LeBron and Durant, he's got to have this yeah. ring. So Giannis was, you know, was obviously – Chris Paul was never talked about how Giannis was compared to the rest of the players in the league, which is why the correct answer here is Giannis. I agree. I think we're on the – we're obviously on the same page for that one. And – and I think it was a really good question that I didn't even think about. You brought it up. I didn't even think about that. But 
the more I think about it, the more sense it makes for Giannis. Yeah, that, that, I think it's a pretty easy answer, to be honest with you. It's Giannis. Um, let's talk a little football. Yeah, why not? Right? I'll I mean, a little bit. You know, it's uh, we're getting really close. July 15th. Preseason's coming up, man. Preseason in a month. This is this is gonna be fun. This is gonna be a fun football season. Very very excited. Uh, so do you can't wait to go to a game, man. I know, and I can't wait for those knock on wood. Those fans fully yeah. get, full capacity. Mm-hmm. I do want to go to one. I don't love going to NFL games, but I, I, I go to one. I do. I know a lot of people. And I think we talked about this, but I know a lot of people don't uh, because of the you know experience on TV is really good, but. Just the whole atmosphere, getting there three hours early, tailgating, going into the game, the to making noise on third down. Uh, it's it's just, it's 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 an experience. I'll I, definitely I be at one or two. Yeah, but yeah, I don't, I don't, I love the experience of Sunday. You sit down, you order. The some tough food. thing is you miss red zone. That's yeah, that's the really biggest is. thing. You do miss red zone. But that's then the again, biggest thing. When the Jets are on, not when they're bad. When the Jets are bad, I'm watching red zone. Even when they're playing, you know, I'll, I'll still watch the game. I'll maybe have it on two different TVs, whatever. But when the Jets, you know, aren't going two and fourteen, you're missing red zone for three hours, anyways. So I watched I watched a lot of Giants football last last year. Yeah, and they were, you know, they weren't great, but they were competitive. Well, no, I still watch every Jet game, but you know, I wasn't as locked into it as I usually am. Yeah, no, great. You don't have a. Last button. I'm not right on the edge of my seat. Oh, the Jets are down 37 to four uh, to <laughs> oh, 37 boy. to seven, and oh boy, what's gonna happen now? Oh boy, yeah, football season is right here. You want to explain this Richard Sherman thing? Because I did not really. Sure, kinda. I mean, Richard Sherman, the guy's very shocking. Richard Sherman's a guy who's, you know, been a very smart guy. He went to Stanford. Stanford. He's been very outspoken in the media for his career. And very uh, shocking news to hear that he was involved in some legal issues. Um, then again, you never know what's going on inside people's heads. But he basically threatened to kill himself to his wife, and he was gonna. He wanted to leave. He was being violent. He he broke into his in-laws' house at two in the morning. Crazy stuff. Uh, the nine one one call was kind of disturbing. Uh, hearing his wife talk to the dispatcher. But he actually got released, and his charges, the felony charges were downgraded. I guess he got a misdemeanor now, but not, is this guy going to play football again now? I mean, I he's, still, he's, gonna... he's still a free agent, and a guy who I was actually interested in the Jets maybe giving a one or two year contract, but now I wonder what's going to happen. I don't think he's going to play this year. Uh, they, they uh, drop if he the does, charges. He might, is he getting suspended Exactly. If he does? That's, that's the other thing. If he's if they drop the charges, the NFL still might suspend him, right. and that could be an issue. This is scary stuff, though, because you don't know if this is CTE related, you know, yeah. head trauma related. Because right. we see this happen to guys late in their careers and after they retire. Some guys will lose their mind because of all the uh, trauma to the head from playing football all those years. So hopefully, it's not a case of that. Hopefully, it's just one random drunken. I, I believe he was under the influence of something, yes. right? Whether it was drugs or alcohol. But hopefully this is just a random incident and it's not related to, you know, head injury or, or whatnot. You're right, because I was shocked when I heard this because of how, you know, just everybody talks about him. He's such a smart guy. Yeah. Hopefully everything is okay and uh, he gets right mm-hmm. soon for his family. Um, I mean, we'll go in more into depth about the Jets and the Giants. We're both obviously very excited about it, um, about the season coming up. A lot of optimism. The Jets have a brand new regime. The Giants are coming off. 
a uh, good season where the, you saw some flashes, Joe Judge's first year. So I think it'll be interesting. The Jets are in uh, a division that's going to be tough to get to the top. I don't think people are expecting them to get there this year. Uh, per me personally, I'm expecting about six or seven wins out of this team. I would be very, I would be satisfied with that. Giants, on the other hand, looks a little more open. You got three wild card spots now. You know, ever since the rule last year, and they're in a division where it is winnable. Do I think they're going to win it? No, but it's not out of the question. But um. Yeah, well, well, we'll see. I think it's going to be a very, uh, it's a very important year for both teams, and a lot of things can be sh- shooken up, especially with the New York Giants, depending on how this year goes. Listen, Joe Judge showed a lot last season, and I love him. I've never been this happy with a head coach since mm-hmm. Tom Coughlin. Right. But if he does not, and there needs to be, they don't have to make the playoffs. I mean, obviously, we'd love if they did. I don't think they're going to make the playoffs, but they need to show improvements. From last season. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, especially if, Daniel Jones. Needs Daniel to Jones. But if they take a step back this season, and Jones is that reason, obviously we think Jones will be gone. And Judge, if they take a step back, Judges will be back for a third season. But depending on how big that step back is, right. and some of that criticism will fall on him. And the whole forecast of your of the franchise going forward will be completely shifted now. Right you know, now. You keep talking about all these young pieces on defense, and Leonard Williams has had a great career with the Giants so far ever since leaving the Jets. And, you know, things are looking good. You got a young quarterback. You got a young offense and whatnot. But if Jones has a bad year and the Giants overall, that defense regresses a little bit or whatever happens, then we're talking about a completely different story. And I think a guy that... We, we like to talk about Daniel Jones, having a, uh, how he's going to perform this year, but someone we definitely need to talk about is, is Andrew Thomas. Andrew Thomas needs to have a much better second year than he had last year. He, he got off to a very bad start. He showed a couple of flashes last year that he, he's, he can still be a great uh, player in this league, but he's going to need to have a very good sophomore season. Yeah, he showed flashes. He had a good second half. Uh, I'm confident in him. I am. I think he's going to improve... I think the the whole offensive line is going to be better. They're going to be, you know, they ha- you need to see how many coaches they have. Like four coaches just dedicated to the offensive line, and that's a, that's not including Joe Judge, who likes to oversee everything that goes on with the right. offensive line. Right. So they better be one of the better units and more improved units because be, yeah. they're going to be one if of that the offense is going to go. Then it's going to be that. It's going to be well, them. You know, you know what you have on the outside. They have talent on the outside now. Mm-hmm. There's no excuse there. It's just going to be the offensive line. Obviously, Saquon coming back is going to help Daniel Jones a lot. But that offensive line needs to be good not only for Sa- for Daniel Jones but for Saquon. Right. Remember those first two games last season? He had negative yards yeah. in the first two games mm-hmm. of the year. Which is a whole, be which is a whole another debate about Saquon, but you know I don't <laughs> get into it. Yeah. Um, that's gonna do it for us today, I think. Though we we did a lot, a lot of baseball. Obviously, baseball's dominating. The trade deadline is is coming up, and that'll be um some big talk. We will not have a Tuesday episode, but we will have a f- another Friday episode next week. So please send us voicemails and questions for that episode next. Mm-hmm. Fr- so Wednesday or Thursday would be appreciated if you do want to send yep. some. Anything you got to say? Nope. Excited. Uh, glad we talked some football. I'm, yeah. re- I'm ready to get this season going, and um, I'm looking forward. I've been doing some mock drafts. I'm, I'm ready for fantasy football season. I'm ready for football season in general. Let's do it. All right, so we will definitely be speaking with you guys next week. Have a great weekend.